Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The following is a special KMOX sports presentation. Welcome to the Strike Zone on KMOX. Presented by Graybar. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Back at it on a Thursday night as we continue on with the Gray Bar Sports Open Line. But on Thursday night, 7 o'clock, it is the Strike Zone, all things baseball. If you'd like to uh, join us, you can do so. We always uh, try to take at least one segment during the Strike Zone and open it up for phone calls, text messages, and tweets. 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can also tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on on air. Cardinals win yesterday, obviously. Lots of work to do. A whole lot of work to do. And, um, you know, uh, the win is nice. You don't try to, you, you never begrudge a victory. They got a lot of work to do. They're eight games back in the division, they're 11 games under 500. Um, there's just not a whole lot going right with this team here at the moment. The one thing that is that I still stand by is I still think they're the most talented team in the NL central. Even if, even if we maybe overvalued the talent a little bit, they're still the most, uh, they're still the most talented team in the NL central. Now that may not stay true forever. You look at some of these young group of players that are coming up with some of these other teams. We're going to see a lot of really good young players with Cincinnati over the next three days. Uh, the, the group in Pittsburgh, good young group. The Brewers have some really good young pitchers, um, or uh, players, I should say, not just pitchers, but good young players. So uh, right now it feels like they are the most talented team in the division. It is certainly not a guarantee that they are going to stay that way moving forward. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. By the way, uh, Carrick Jackson's going to uh, join us in the next segment, the new Missouri baseball coach. If you've got any questions for him, by the way, that you'd like me to ask, because uh, I know there's a lot of Mizzou fans that maybe would like to hear what his plan is to get Missouri baseball back going, uh, you can text that in, 314-436-7900. I'll take a look at that. Uh, but we're getting ready to have Coach Jackson on in about 10 minutes. But as we do talk Cardinals baseball, let's start with Chuck, who's giving us a call. Hey, Chuck, you are on the strike zone. How are you today? Doing all right. I'd like to know uh, if you think the Cardinals would uh, sign uh, Jack to a uh, new contract. And I also like to know if a uh, package deal of Zach Thompson, Brendan Donovan, and Dylan Carlson would get uh, 
Shane Bieber. I appreciate the phone call. I, I don't think that would get it done. I think to get somebody like Shane Bieber, you're going to have to involve some prospects. That could be – there's – if they go get somebody like that, you're going to have to deal off the major league roster as well. And those are some young players, obviously, that could be part of it. But to get a Shane Bieber, some of your top prospects uh, in the organization are probably going to be have to be part of that. You, know, you think about what Cleveland does and the way they try to win and, and what they do from a player development standpoint. Uh, if, if you're going to go get, and it doesn't have to be Bieber, if you're going to go acquire a top flight starting pitcher before the deadline, uh, there's some guys, and to me, kind of the untouchables uh, who are who are not at the big league level. I, I don't want to see him trade Mason win. I don't want to see him trade Tinkens. Um, I don't. I don't think they would trade Cooper Jerpy because he is he's just so new into the organization, just recently being drafted. If it takes moving on, and I, I like Gordon Graceffo, I like Michael McGreevy, I like these guys. Uh, if it if it takes moving on from one of them, uh, then I think you do it. But really, the untouchables for me are, are, are Mason Wynn and Tink Hintz, and then you start to evaluate things uh, from there. What was his first question? Jack that he Flaherty. oh Jack Flaherty signing extension. I don't think it's impossible, but from a fifty fifty standpoint, I would put it below. I would put it under fifty percent that Flaherty is back with the Cardinals next season and signs a deal. And if if there is a scenario where the Cardinals are completely out of this thing come trade deadline, I think he would be the guy who would probably get you a fair amount on the, on the trade market. He would have a ton, a ton of value on the trade market. So I don't think it's impossible that what, what could potentially lead to it, what would make me feel better about a potential Flaherty being back with the Cardinals is if he continues to pitch the way he's pitching right now, the team ends up winning the division, team goes to the postseason, and he performs well in the postseason and stays healthy all year long. But also at that point, he's going to be incredibly valuable on the open market. And there's been no indication at this point that there's been any conversations uh, about getting a deal done before uh, he would be able to uh, be able to get to a free agency. Fred in Columbia text in says, uh, if the St. Louis starters cons- consistently go six innings, Maybe Hicks, Gallegos, and Helsley can pitch two or three days in a row in close games like Pittsburgh and some other contending teams do. You know, it is, we, we joke about this sometimes, and I, I talked earlier on the program, I, I don't know, Fred, if you were listening earlier in the program, the thing I loved the most about yesterday's win for the Cardinals was the way the bullpen was able to be used because Flaherty went six, where you had those three guys all being able to go pitch uh, one single inning. You didn't try to squeeze a fourth or fifth out out of anybody. They just they had very defined roles, and they went out, and they, they did what they were supposed to do, and they were able to lock down what turned into a one nothing victory. I felt very comfortable watching those pitchers being used that kind of way yesterday, and I would like to see more of that. Now, the next question is... Are, can these guys go back to back? When the Cardinals played against Pittsburgh, they used David Bednar in the ninth for three straight days, and they weren't going to use Bednar for four outs or five outs any of those days. His his job was to go into the ninth inning and close it down, and he did that three straight days. And right now, it really feels uncomfortable when the Cardinals are using guys in in back to back situations, and sometimes with Helsley. It's it's kind of this. Okay, are you going to use them 
what's the best way to use him for multiple innings, knowing that he's going to have to have a day or two after that, or try to turn him into just a one-inning guy and hope that that also results in him being more consistent in pitching back-to-back days. I think he's more of a weapon. If I can just choose the way to use Ryan Helsley right now, assuming that he's able to have success with it, I would choose to use him in a one-inning role. The ninth inning is his. That's his job to go get those three outs in the ninth, and you don't push him beyond that, and you let him pitch back-to-back days. Now, can he do that? Because sometimes Helsley on back-to-back days has not been especially good, but I also feel like in many ways he hasn't been trained for the back-to-back days because sometimes he's doing the one-inning thing, sometimes he's pitching the two innings, you try to get more than three outs. Like It's just it's very murky. It's very murky down there when it comes to relief pitching usage. And I can't even blame anybody for this. Like. It's uh, you blame the starting pitching, but it, people want to blame Oliver Marmel for it. You're when when you're asking your bullpen to cover four more innings so many nights, you just you can't use your bullpen in a conventional way. And the number one thing, I'll repeat this over and over and over and over again. I still think this is a good offensive club. I think they're going to start scoring uh, some runs. Obviously, injuries have hurt them, but I believe in them a lot more from an offensive standpoint than I do from a pitching standpoint. But the way this team starts winning games consistently and starts becoming a team that might look kind of dangerous is by getting length out of the starters and then more defined roles out of your bullpen, especially when it comes to uh, high-leverage situations. So, that's um, Fred, that's a long answer. I hope that's the answer that you were looking for. It is uh, It is a uh, long answer, but that's uh, that's where this team is at right now. Again, the Cardinals are back at tomorrow evening. They are going to match up against a pretty good Cincinnati Reds team. First time I've said that in a while. And at, at some point, I think this Reds team is going to fall off. You see that sometimes with really young teams that perform at a high level in the first half of the season. More often than not, uh, if they just don't have the talent there, if they don't have the experience there, they start to fall off, and then maybe they do something in future seasons. I think what I just said is going to apply to the Cincinnati Reds and Pittsburgh Pirates for that matter. I don't know that for sure. Maybe that's a, a really good culture out there and, and a really good group, and they're able to continue to perform at a relatively high level, and they, they stay above 500 like they are. Maybe all that happens. I just I don't believe in them right now, and I think they do start to fall off at some point in time. All right, we will take a break, and when we return, this will be fun. We're going to talk with Coach Carrick Jackson. He is the new Missouri baseball coach. He joins us next. It's a Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back to the Strike Zone on KMOX. Presented by Graybar. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. A Graybar Sports Open Line does continue here on KMOX. It is the Strike Zone. We're going to be joined by uh, Carrick Jackson, the new Missouri baseball coach here in just a moment or so. He was announced as the uh, new coach just a few days ago. He's a, he's a St. Louis guy, and it's a really exciting opportunity for him. In fact, uh, Coach Jackson joins us right now on the Quiver River Electric guest line. Coach, thank you so much for taking some time with us today. How are you? I uh, appreciate you guys having me on. I'm living the dream. What's this last uh, handful of days been like since uh, you found out that you were going to be the next baseball coach at the University of Missouri? I'm still trying to put my feet on the ground. Uh, it's, it's, been, uh, it's been tremendous, um, you know, with the support uh, that is out there, you know, hearing from alums, uh, hearing from people that um, were here when we were back, uh, when we were here back in 2015 that are glad to see us back and welcoming us back and, um, it's just, it's been outstanding um, and, and words can't express. Coach, let me ask you kind of the tough question first, because the elephant in the room here is Missouri baseball has not been especially good recently. And there's no league that is tougher to build back up than the SEC. What's the plan to, to not just be relevant, but be uh, a, a team that is competing at the highest level played in the best conference in the nation? Mentality and culture. Um, getting us back to um, getting our kids to understand what it takes to be successful, um, getting our kids to have that that chip on their shoulder and have that um, just this the fight and that grit uh, to put us in a position to go out and be successful. I think the one thing that we know um, when you talk about this league and being one of the best leagues, if not uh, arguably the best league uh, in college baseball, um, but baseball is a game where you have to go out and execute against the game itself. Does the other guy on the other bump matter? Yes. When you got Skeens out there throwing 199 to 102, he's, he's a difference maker, right? He, he changes it. When you got guys, you know, hitting 20 home runs, they're difference makers. But we all know that if you play the game the right way, you can eliminate difference makers from being part of the equation. So I think we just have to get to that standpoint of understanding, let's go out and play the game against the game itself um, and execute on our side how we need to execute things and, and everything will fall in place the way we want it to. I, I don't want to bemoan a point, but this this is a league. You know, I, I look at this league and I see a program like Mississippi State or a program like Ole Miss. Those are those are blue blood type college baseball programs, and they don't even qualify for the conference tournament this year. So this is uh, everything you say is, is is wonderful, and I think Missouri fans should be excited about it. But at the same time, this is a challenge in front of you. Oh, it's a huge challenge. But like you just said, you're talking about the teams that finished 12th, 13th, 
and 14th in the league, and Missouri was in the conference tournament, and they weren't. So there right there shows you the parity, right? Mm-hmm. And when we talk about the things that are necessary, we it's it's no argument that Mississippi State has the best college baseball facility in the country. No question. They've not made the conference tournament the last two years in a row. So, again, the fact that Missouri was in the tournament and these teams weren't in the tournament – Again, we have to find a level of consistency, and once we get to that level of consistency, we maintain that and put ourselves in a position when you're in the best league in the country that now you don't have to win this league to go on and put yourself in a position to play in a regional, which gives you an opportunity to go to Omaha because the league is so good. So do we find that sweet spot where we finish where we need to finish that puts us in a position to be in a regional every year, and at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Nobody really cares where you finish in the conference as long as that finish allows you to be playing the weekend after your conference tournament. There's been a lot made of the facilities. How much was that part of your conversation as you were going through this job and just the improvements that you would like to see for this program? It wasn't, um, Hmm. to be honest with you. And the reason why it wasn't is you can have the nicest house on the block, but if the people inside the house aren't great, then what difference does it make what your house looks like? We need great people in the program that live in the house that understand the mission and can go out and get it accomplished. Again, like we just talked about, right, Mississippi State, arguably the best college facility in the nation. They finished outside looking in the last two years in a row. So if facilities was the key to success, they wouldn't be at the bottom. You you are very familiar with what's going on in this part of the country, not just being from here, but I know at one point you were working as a scout and you were covering Missouri and Kansas and Arkansas and Iowa and, and Nebraska. I know you'll reach all over the country. You'll go south being in the SEC. But can you talk a little bit about the level of baseball talent uh, in, in the states that uh, – in Missouri and the states that touch Missouri and how important it is to get the best of the best from this region? Oh, no question. I think that's that's got to be the first mission is that we lock down the state and that the best kids from the state, they have to bypass us before they decide to go someplace else. And when we put ourselves in a position uh, where I know that we're going to be, this becomes the number one option and we don't lose our better kids to out-of-state teams, specifically those uh, kids going to other SEC teams. Um, you know, that's something for me that can't happen and we got to do our best and put ourselves in a position to do that. But then, like you said, when you look outside the state of Missouri, and specifically when you talk about going north and giving those kids an opportunity to come and play south, and you do have good Big Ten baseball up there, but when you can give those kids there in the north an opportunity to come and play at Missouri, which they consider to be south, as well as playing in the best baseball conference in the country, it's a win-win for those kids. And so now we have to be very – uh, active in attracting those kids and bringing those kids into our system. All right, so you said the facility is not a big part of the conversation. What about NIL and just getting support and you know financial support and, and boosters being involved and everything that goes on in this new world of college athletics? Was that part of the conversation for you? It was, and all those boxes were checked. Right, you, you, you. We are in that environment where the landscape of college athletics has changed and. Those are things that are necessary to put you in a position specifically, um, not just in baseball, but in all sports uh, in in college athletics at this point. So those are questions that were answered that I felt very comfortable with the direction 
that we're heading uh, as a department. Um, and then when you look at Desiree, Desiree hates to lose. Um, and so you can't ask for anything more than a leader that has the same passion that you do uh, about hating to lose, not loving to win, but hating to lose. Cause then, you know, you're going to have all the support that you need to put you in a position to make sure that that doesn't happen. Kind of a sidebar, but we're just, we, NIL is so new. And really over the last few weeks, I've just read a few stories about some of these NIL deals for players uh, across the country, maybe not coming through and young 18 to 22 year olds, not completely knowing what to do and, you know, making sure you're signing on the dotted line and there's a lot of money being thrown around and maybe that's going to bust a little bit. Do you, are, are we still in this period where we really don't know what NIL is going to look like in the long term? I think we're still there a little bit. And I think you also got to realize too, that um, as anything in life, there's always three sides to every story, his, hers, and the truth. So some of the things that we hear floating out there about how large some of these deals are, they're just not true. Um, and But I think they get fabricated because then now that is the recruiting advantage from school X to school Y. And so if you can say, hey, we gave Johnny, um, offered him a million-dollar NIL deal, well, then now somebody else says, oh, well, if he got that, then we have to offer him a million and a half. Um, so, yes, um, this thing has taken on a life of itself, and it is where we are. Uh, at this point in college athletics. So we all have to adjust and adapt to it um, and, and make it the best situation so we don't put kids in a position where they feel entitled to it, but understand the landscape of it um, and work accordingly. You're a St. Louis guy, Kirkwood, St. Louis Community College, Merrimack. Is there a St. Louis individual that reached out to you after you got the job that maybe uh, meant that much more? Uh, you know, I think when you talk about some of our alums that are from that, that St. Louis area uh, and guys that I've known for a long time um, and coaches that I had, um, that, that it's, it's just this mass, um, uh, mass amount of communication. I mean, I'm sitting here right now still after uh, four days with 300 unread text messages. <laughs> Um, and, and many people have told me, don't worry about responding, but I, I'm not that guy. If you're going to take the time to reach out and call, um, I should take the time to respond and say, thank you. Um, so it's, it's been this overwhelming uh, amount of support, uh, and congratulations. And, and I know based on that as well, uh, when you look at the alums, it's not just going to be congratulations that these guys are hungry. They want us to be back where, where we should be. And, and we're going to get there. New Missouri baseball coach Carrick Jackson continuing to join us here on KMOX. St. Louis clearly has amazing baseball fans with the Cardinals. Kansas City has great baseball fans with the Royals. Uh, people from St. Louis and Kansas City travel to Columbia all the time for football and for basketball. What's the how, how do you get because there's not a that, that doesn't happen as much with baseball and college baseball is a little bit different but what do you do to get the, the metropolitan areas in the state to get more interested and involved in what's going on with Missouri baseball? win give them a reason um i think what what we know about missouri fans is they're passionate about what belongs to missouri when we had the rams st louis people were excited about the rams the rams left now the state of missouri became chiefs fans right and, and so when it's successful um people in this state will support success and there's people out there um, that this, they know this is the flagship uh, university of the, of the state of Missouri. They do support it, and they have supported basketball and football. So now all we have to do is put them in a position and give them something to be excited about on the baseball field. And because this is a baseball state, 
uh, we will get that support. There's no doubt in my mind. I know it's been a little while, but you've got experience coaching at the JUCO level. You've got experience with uh, summer collegiate leagues, which are oh so important. Do those? Do you have connections and contacts that are going to help you here in the very near term as you're putting together uh, not just a roster for years to come, but a roster for next year as well? Oh, without a doubt. I've, I've already, as soon as this went down, um, it was funny because there were some of these guys that I was talking to uh, them right before it happened uh, and then it happened and they were like hey man we were just talking a day ago you didn't say anything I was like I couldn't um, so um, they're excited about it uh, they know what this place means to me um, and they know that we're going to get this thing going in the right direction the one thing you know about people is they want to be supportive of something that's going to be successful and they want to let everybody know that they were part of that success story so I think being able to have these player recommendations from all over the place, from junior colleges and, you know, scouts that are seeing guys out and high school coaches. Um, we've been we've had a bunch of those already, and they're going to continue to come in, and that's what's going to allow us to build this thing. When you're putting together your coaching staff, is it an idea, do you have an idea of what you want to do when you're reaching out, or is it more listening to the people who are reaching out to you? No, there's there's guys that, that I want to bring on and, and put in place here. And, um, you know, one of those guys that that, uh, that I'm bringing back and looking forward to bringing back is, is Coach Jamison. Um, you know, he's going to come back with me and um, be a part of this. And I took him with me down to Memphis and um, looking forward to having him on board here. And then we're, we're together. We'll look at different pieces. And we have some targets that we want to look at to fill out uh, the coaching staff. But he's a big key piece. Um, to to what it is that we're going to do when you look at what he's done uh, in his career with developing pitchers specifically. But for me, um, to help me develop and grow uh, and, and, and be the best coach that I can be, um, so he has multi, multi-value, multi if you will, when it comes to that. So that's Tim Jamison, the former head coach, coming back to Missouri. You got that right? You got that right. I, I don't know if that's been reported. Are we, are we breaking a little news here on KMOX? We're breaking a little news. All right. We like that's a, I mean, he, he did an incredible job. You think about what he did in the, the big 12 years. That's, that's huge for this program. And that's very cool that he's going to uh, return in that role. So I uh, appreciate you sharing that information with us. Uh, coach, this was a really enjoyable conversation. Hopefully we can uh, catch up with you as uh, we move forward, but uh, congratulations on this job. Thank you so much for the time. And we're so excited to see what's going to happen with uh, Missouri baseball under your watch. Thank you. All right, very good. That's uh, Kirk Jackson, the new uh, head coach of the University of Missouri baseball team. We will take a break, come back, and uh, we are going to uh, talk a little bit about the Cincinnati Reds. By the way, you know what? You know what? I think I'm going to do this right here because we're talking college baseball. Can we, uh, can we, in retrospect, say that was building the future? Yeah. Coach Jackson's Building the Future of Missouri uh, Baseball. It's sponsored by Graybar, your uh, your distributor for electrical and data communication needs. We will take a break and have more in just a moment as this is Sports Open Line on KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to the Strike Zone on KMOX. 
presented by Graybar. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. We are back here on a Thursday evening. It is the Strike Zone. It's brought to you by Gray Bar. We talk all things baseball during the 7 o'clock hour on Thursday nights. And uh, the Cardinals are off. They're getting set for a series against the Cincinnati Reds. And that's going to begin tomorrow. What's on Deck is sponsored by Chesterfield Fence and Deck. The sign you have the very best. And to uh, look ahead to what's coming up this weekend, we are very happy to uh, welcome on to the program. He covers the Cincinnati Reds for MLB.com. He is Mark Sheldon. You follow him on Twitter at M underscore Sheldon. He joins us right now via the Quiver River Electric guest line. Mark, thanks so much for uh, taking some time with us today. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. It's my pleasure. Thank you very much. Uh, the Reds do lose today, but overall, they've been playing some pretty good baseball here uh, recently. They were on a three-game winning streak coming uh, into this one, and overall, um, they, they had a nice uh, series against Chicago, a nice series against Boston. Is, is this real, what we're seeing right now from the Reds? It's certainly appearing to be because they've been doing it for a longer stretch. They're, they're 22-19 and 19 since April 24th, which is the best of all the NL Central teams. So they've been uh, kind of quietly building, and, and certainly this week it, it kind of went up a notch with L.A. De La Cruz's arrival. But even before that, you know, Matt McLean arrived, another uh, prospect, Andrew Abbott, arrived, and, and they've been getting contributions from up and down the lineup and all over the roster. So it's it's, it's encouraging. They have some some things to improve, but it's it's definitely uh, a, there's a chance the Reds could be speeding up their rebuild a lot quicker than they thought, maybe. You mentioned Ellie De La Cruz, and we'll get more into him in a moment, and Matt McClain, but there's just there's a lot of young, exciting players right now. Jonathan India, Spencer Steer, you said Andrew Abbott, Hunter Green's a young guy. It feels like this young core is about as good as we've seen in a really long time for the Reds. Would that be a correct way of saying it? Yeah, I think so. It, it sort of feels like they're coming together at the right time. The you know, last year they had a 100-loss season, and there really was kind of a zombie-like feel. There was a lot of players that, quite frankly, were not going to be in the organization for the long term. They, they were kind of passing through. They were trying to fill spots until the younger players were ready. They made a lot of trades both before the season and in midseason at the deadline. They moved a lot of popular veterans out and a lot of young people in. Uh, but those young people are starting to come up now, whether they were from the organization or from another organization. So they've they've gotten guys coming up, and there's a few more guys that could still be coming up still uh, later this season. So uh, they're definitely hitting on something right now. And uh, to be you know the Reds, the brand of baseball they're playing is a lot very exciting as well. They're not hitting a lot of home runs, but they're they're running a lot. They're hitting and running. They're stealing bases, taking an extra base on a on a single, things like that. And, and fans really seem to be responding to that. This applies to the Cardinals as well, a team that's trying to get back into the race. But how much does being in the NL Central help when you are a young team? Maybe you're overachieving a little bit, but the record they had in many divisions, they really wouldn't be a contending team, but in the Central they are. Exactly. And just knowing you have a chance and being in it kind of adds a little spring to your step. They, they do come to play every day, and they kind of said something today, David Bell did, the manager, is that they come to the park feeling like somehow, some way they're going to win a game, and they don't know necessarily where it's going to happen or how it's going to happen, but they have that confidence, and that's a, that's a big thing. Uh, this time last year, they were double digits out of first place, uh, and they were already out of it when they had a three and twenty-two start in April. So uh, it's a different vibe, just knowing you have a chance to make the playoffs. It doesn't matter once you get in which division you came from; you just got in. That's all they really want to do. 
Who gets credit for kind of that that feeling of they're going to find a way to win every day? Just what you just said. If, if you're going to look at a, a single individual or a group of individuals, who's getting credit for that kind of culture type thing? Well, they've been working on that since spring training. They did a lot of you know, chemistry type things, whether it's a talent show or three-point shooting competition. But I would say as far as uh, from the inside of the clubhouse, I think Jonathan India is kind of the heart and soul player of this team. He, he has a lot of confidence. He's the guy that sort of leads everybody on. And, and when there's a, a lull or the team's falling behind, he always seems to have the, the right thing to say and do to, to drive people. And I think you start with him, and then you still have other guys up and down the roster, even the younger players that have not been around very long. I, I think they feel confident enough to, to step up. Ownership in the front office have had a few missteps over the last year, year and a half in terms of some things that are said, and Reds fans were not happy. Has the uh, has the winning this year kind of fixed that, or is there still a, an adversarial relationship between Reds fans and the baseball decision makers and ownership? I, I think winning solves almost everything, don't you? Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're winning, you, you don't seem to worry about things as much that were off the field. Uh, I think, you know, last year especially – I, I don't necessarily think the fans were because they were so upset that popular players like Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez and Luis Castillo were all leaving the team. I think that was their, a, a real big focus for them, for the fans. But now that they're seeing some of these younger players that are, that are coming up, I think they've moved on, uh, at least about that. Uh, but, and, and the other stuff as far as what's been going on you know, with the front office on the ownership side, it, it's been very quiet. So I think, I, I think personally that, that – Maybe things have moved on, and, and, and you know the, everyone just wants to embrace this current team that's going on the field right now. All right, let's get into Ellie De La Cruz a little bit. The, the numbers already in a tiny sample size are impressive. He had that home run, really hard hit. Uh, had the uh, home to third the other day in, in, in 10.83 seconds. I mean, this is this is a guy that, from a stat cast standpoint, you, you got to love him, man. He's one of the top prospects in baseball. Yeah, there really isn't a prospect like him right now in, in, in baseball that can do all the things he can do. I mean, certainly there's a lot of five-tool players, but just the size and the fact that he's just got these long legs and, and watching him turn on the Jets to, to go to home to third, like you mentioned, it, it really is something. It's, it's, it's remarkable, and, and the, the way he could just mack a ball with triple-digit you know, exit velocity. You know, his, uh, his home run the other night was 112 miles an hour, I believe, and even his ground balls – for outs are allowed, you know, on his first game, 108 mile an hour ground ball to second base. And it's just, he can just do a lot. He's got very, just very loud tools that, that enable him to do a lot of things on the field and, and play really good defense. He can uncork a, a very easy 88 mile an hour throw over across the diamond to first base and not even look like it's in any effort. You had a, just switching gears real quick as we get ready for these two teams to match up this weekend. Uh, you had mentioned something on Twitter the other day about the Cardinals and your expectations of, of what they would do after their slow start. How surprised are you by what's happening in St. Louis and being around baseball as long as you've been? What is your expectation of what's going to happen with this Cardinals team? Well, I, I honestly always thought that when when – it came down to the end of the season, the Cardinals would be there. You know, I just didn't think the Cardinals would be the kind of team that would just sit in last place all season. I'm not saying that they will now. I just, I, I am surprised that they're back kind of fading again after they, they surged for a while and now they're kind of having another tough time. But I, I do think that that's the kind of team that will somehow, some way get off the mat and, and maybe pick up some games in the standings. They have the, the, the flexibility probably, I'm guessing, to, to make some moves at the trade deadline if they need to, to, to fill in some holes. Uh, so I, I and as we mentioned already, this is a very weak division. I, I mean, 
I remember the Cardinals back in 2006 won a World Series with 83 wins in the regular season, so I wouldn't count them out. He is uh, Mark Sheldon. He covers the Reds for MLB.com. Mark, thank you so much for uh, taking the time, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon. All right, take it easy, and thank you. It is the Cardinals and the Reds tomorrow. It's going to be a fun series, and uh, this this is a Cincinnati team. We talked about it at the beginning of our conversation. Uh, a fun team with some interesting players here uh, at the moment. And, you know, sometimes the, the teams that I enjoy watching, some um, how do I say this? I like seeing stuff I've never seen before, and that means seeing players you've never seen before. And that's why it's exciting to see an Ellie Day LaCruz, who is a really, really exciting player. Uh, Matt McClain is somebody who's on that roster. Exciting player. Spencer Steer is a good young player. I know Jonathan India has been around a little bit longer, but he's a good young player. Andrew Abbott, a pitcher that they recently brought up, good young player. There's a lot of good young players and uh, it's going to be exciting to see what they're, uh, what they're able to do moving forward. I don't think the Reds win the division. I don't think the Pirates win the division. I still think they're at least a year away, and the Reds are really good at messing up good things. I think we can probably say that a little bit more about the Pirates. I would I would trust the when you look at the baseball, who's in charge of the baseball operations departments uh, between the Reds and the Pirates, at the moment I would probably trust trust the Pirates a little bit more than I would trust the Reds, but that doesn't take away from the good young talent that is currently uh, on this uh, on this team. So uh, going to be fun to see. Important series for the Cardinals. If, if the Cardinals don't win this series, then it just kind of continues to go and, and reinforce that they are a struggling unit and they continue to be uh, far away from what they want to be this season with some time um, with with a fair amount of time, uh, with, with time starting to uh, count down for him on the season. I know there's about 100 games left in the season, uh, but we're, we're at that point now. We are into June. Stuff is mattering more, talking about how early it is and how much time you have left. If they're four games back, if they're five games back, that, that narrative can continue on, especially when they cut down from 10 to 5 over the course of about two weeks. But then to give away more than half of that in the next week and a half or so, it, it, it you can't really talk about where they were at compared to where they're at right now. They've got some work to do. All right, uh, we've got some time for your uh, calls, texts, and tweets if you want to get in here before we're done today. 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can also tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. This is uh, Sports Open Line. It's the Strike Zone Hour. We do this on Thursday nights. We're back with more in just a moment right here on KMOX. Welcome back to the Strike Zone on KMOX. Presented by Graybar. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Into our final segment of the day of the strike zone. No Cardinals baseball tonight. They are back at tomorrow evening. They are going to open up a series against the Cincinnati Reds. A three-game series coming up, by the way, from a giveaway standpoint. 
this is a uh, this is a pretty solid weekend for uh, the Cardinals. Generally, weekends are uh, pretty good when it uh, when it comes to that. But uh, they are going to uh, the promotion schedule this weekend uh, against the Reds. They've got a cool hat that they're going to be giving away tomorrow. Uh, then they've got the Albert Pujols uh, jersey that they give away on Saturday, and they're going to do an adult uh, jersey for twenty five thousand fans, and then a kids jersey as well. So two separate jerseys. Uh, they don't do that very often. And then on Sunday, they've got the uh, Adam Wainwright London Series uh, bobblehead that they're going to uh, give away. So uh, lots of uh, good opportunities for you to uh, pick up something to add to your collection. And, of course, we'll have the broadcast for you uh, right here. 7.15 tomorrow for first pitch. So that means we'll get underway at 6.20. That also means we get to have one of those Super fast, ultra fast editions of a sports open line before we officially lead into coverage of St. Louis Cardinals baseball. One of the things that we're going to continue to uh, watch out for is to see how healthy this team can get as players should be starting to return. Dylan Carlson has been out on a rehab assignment, so he should be back fairly soon. And then you also have uh, Lars Newtbar, who shouldn't be too far behind him. Who knows with Tyler O'Neill? I just... I have I have no sense whatsoever on uh, when we might be able to uh, see Tyler O'Neill back playing, but uh, at the um, at the same time, I am curious to see what the outfield situation is going to look like once those guys start returning. Is Jordan Walker here for good? Is 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 Luke and Baker here for good? Baker done a, a, a nice job, and then uh, he didn't play uh, a little bit. You know, last couple games of the uh, of the Rangers series, uh, they're going to need roster spots for those guys. But even more than the roster spots, what is the outfield alignment going to look like? Right now, like I I am when when we talk about the confidence level of myself on the Cardinals outfielders. And and that just, that doesn't mean just out outfielders by trade. That means anybody who's playing in the outfield. I probably have my highest confidence level with Tommy Edmond. He's done a really nice job defensively in center field. He's been who he's always been from an offensive standpoint. Maybe Jordan Walker is second on that list for me right now. At some point, he's going to explode and get going, and it's going to be a lot of fun to see what he can do. I am hopeful, no matter what, that the Cardinals just at this point give him a starting outfield job and just continue to um, continue to play him every single day and uh, see what happens. And there, there's stuff to work on. Clearly, there is stuff to work on. And... Um, you work on it during the day. You know, that was a lot was made with Jordan Walker of what he had to say that that day when he talked about kind of just going and playing and just taking the at bats and not focusing on, you know, lifting the ball into the air and the other things. I, I took that as him saying when, when he was just not going to think when he was in the batter's box. So that's that's fine. And what you do is you you work on things during the day. You work on things during the cage. You you have instruction out there, and you just you as a young player, you just continue to kind of slam them with it over and over and over. Where you're focusing on that stuff during the day, and you do that enough when it's when it's light outside, you're eventually going to start just doing that on your own when you're at the plate. So that's. That's kind of what I would think is um, 
is where they need to go with him, and I think it's all going to work out. He's too talented of a player for it, for it not to work out, and there's there's pressure on the Cardinals here. There's pressure on the Cardinals to get this one right. The Cardinals do not have a great recent track record in developing super high-end talent. They just don't, and part of that is because they have been so incredibly successful that they have not been drafting super high, but there are a lot of guys who are not drafted at right at the top of the draft who have developed and turned into really, really good players. So we know what Jordan Walker can be. There's a reason he's considered the number one prospect in baseball. Not every number one prospect in baseball turns into something. I get that. It's in there are there are other players out there who have you know had that kind of prospect status and they haven't fully uh, lived out the potential. But more often than not, if you are considered the top prospect in baseball, you turn into a pretty good player. And the expectation for the Cardinals is that's going to happen. If if Jordan Walker becomes a dangerous bat in this lineup, things start to change. You know, we talk so much when Wilson Contreras was signed about the lineup depth, about how you had Arenado and Goldschmidt and you were adding Contreras, and now they have Gorman as well, and, and Gorman's had a really nice season. You, you think about that middle of the order, that run-producing unit, and I know at this point Walker is generally hitting pretty low in the order, but if he does turn into what people think he is going to turn into, at some point he's going to be part of that middle of the order group and he's going to be part of the run-producing group. I st- people that may think I'm crazy... I I still believe in this team from an offensive standpoint. I just do. I think that they are going to be a team that at the end of the season has scored a good number of runs. They're not doing it right now. They're, they are struggling offensively. Pitching has gotten a little bit better here recently, but they're struggling offensively. My goodness, if they would have lost yesterday's game, think how different the narrative would have been. Because they would have, if, if they would have, if, if, if the game would have been blown in the ninth inning, if, if a two-run home run would have been hit and the Cardinals end up losing that game 2-1, we're, we're talking about the bullpen a little bit, but we're also talking about the lack of the ability to score runs. All right, that's just about going to do it for uh, this edition of a Gray Bar Sports Open Line. Again, uh, coming up tomorrow, the Cardinals are going to open up this series against the Reds as we do take a look at uh, what's going to be going on over the course of the three-game series. So Jordan Montgomery, he is uh, scheduled to uh, start in the first game tomorrow and then they're just they're not even with the off day today they haven't really changed anything uh, in terms of rotation uh, so we should see Miles Michaelis and uh, Adam Wainwright as that series uh, does it continue on and then uh, the uh, Libertor Flaherty Montgomery would be the expected starters as they get into that San Francisco series next Monday Tuesday and Wednesday this was a fun show tonight thanks so much for being tuned in and we will talk to you again tomorrow evening as we'll have you for uh, Cardinals baseball coverage starting at 6 right here on KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t oh, 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 For a 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.